Hi and welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Chris and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a little bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help, and then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Uh, Hi, my name's Hamish. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of people who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you're an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places – prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving sets in and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who's just joined us, you are listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who is going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. G'day, would you uh, like to introduce yourself? Uh, Yes, my name's Hamish. I'm 22. I'm originally from Blenheim, but we've moved around the South Island quite a bit. I've got... Both my parents living here, and I've got a brother living here, older brother. Fantastic. And uh, roughly what sort of uh, a line of work or study are you in? Um, I was studying, but now I just work in retail. Awesome. That's great. And how long have you been sober, Hamish? Uh, three months. Wow. Fantastic. Wow. Awesome. Well, really looking forward to having a chat about things. And uh, hey, look, let's kick off right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So um, what's your very first memory of having a drink? 
Uh, my first memory would have been I was in year 10, which would have made me 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother's a bit older than me. Uh, my parents were away on holiday and he's like, oh, um, do you want a box? And me being the 15-year-old kid, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely <laughs> have a box. So he got me a box of, I believe they were vodka cruisers, like the RTDs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just got absolutely sloshed on them with my brother and his mates. That was probably <laughs> my first time actually getting drunk. Right. And what did it do for you? I mean, how did it make you feel? It was awesome at the start. It was really cool. I'd never really had a feeling like that before. I was just super happy, very talkative, which is quite different from how I usually am. Um, and then I just like, they got really bad. I like, blacked out and woke up and I was like, whoa. And I was like, <laughs> I'm never going to do this again. Like, this sucks. Yeah. And uh, we could take an educated guess that, of course, that didn't that, work out no, quite that way. No. <laughs> hey, so, um, look, as the sort of, uh, uh, you, you know, you're, you're in your teens and so that drinking and that sort of partying and fun part of it is going on. Mm. At some stage, obviously, uh, for us to be sitting here having this chat today, things started to slightly take a turn, become a bit of a problem. What, what, what kind of things did you notice? What happened? Um, it was sort of just more... As we were getting older, obviously, it was pretty normal to go out and drink pretty heavily. Um, but as sort of other people got older, they sort of started to level out a bit. They weren't getting nearly as drunk. And I would seem to always get drunk every single time we'd go out. Right. Like there's a lot of times I wouldn't be able to make it out to town because I would just be just gone. Mm. And um, I think other people sort of started to notice it a bit more, which sort of made me feel a bit insecure. So I started to sort of withdraw quite a bit. And then when I really knew is when I would be wanting to drink throughout the week. Right. Just like by myself in my room. Or honestly, it was just always sort of waiting for the weekend and I sort of realized that it sort of controlled my mind quite a bit. It was all I'd be thinking about quite often throughout the week. I was just looking for the weekend. Got you. And um, so obviously, you know, uh, your friends starting to notice and pick up. I mean, what about other parts of your life? Like, were, were, did, did there start to be a, a, an impact on things like maybe uh, family relationships? Definitely. Or? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I think with like alcoholics, it's not always just alcohol. So I smoked quite a bit. Um, and they sort of went hand in hand. If I didn't have uh, weed or anything, it would be alcohol and like vice versa. Mm. Um, so... They just sort of realized that I'd be in my room all the time. <laughs> there'd be some smell or something, or there'd be bottles all in my room, and I'd be like, oh, no, that's just from another week or something. Mm. And um, there'd be a lot of lying to cover stuff up, which I think is what a lot of people notice as it goes on. But also, definitely with my study as well, I didn't really want to study as much. Yep. I was just feeling very depressed, very down. Yeah. So I was pretty much just drinking yeah, really it, can, all ahead. it can take you uh, into that tough road. And uh, what about, I mean, anything like uh, um, uh, the law, uh, any difficulties or trouble on that side? Yes, there was. Um, it was last year, actually. I think the probably the last two years is where I really went quite onto it. Uh, but my parents were away and I just, I wasn't studying then, I was just working. And I decided to get really, really drunk and... Mm drive which is really dumb and uh, I got arrested for that didn't get a DUI somehow but I got arrested for that right uh, which was yeah that was pretty crazy for me 
Okay, so it sounds as though, you know, look, you're 22 now. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you had your first drink at 15, so sounds as though sort of things accelerated quite quickly. quickly at at yeah. what stage did you on, could you honestly say to yourself, because a lot of people sort of deny it, mm. you know, rationalise it, at what stage did you really realise yeah, inside your own self, honestly, that you had a problem? Uh, I knew that I had a problem probably a couple of years ago, but my solution to that was always just to cut down. Mm. It wasn't, I never said to myself that I was an alcoholic. I just said, oh, I have a bit of a drinking problem. Yep. I just need to simmer it down a bit and then I'll be fine. But when I actually admitted that I was an alcoholic was probably about four months ago about a month before mm. I actually came into AA. Yeah. So l- let's talk about that, Hamish. Um, what was it that actually finally made you acknowledge that or, or uh, um, uh, brought you into the rooms of AA? I mean, people talk about a rock bottom. Yeah, there's been a lot of rock bottoms. The one that got me into AA was I couldn't even afford to get food for the week or pay rent. It was pretty much all going towards alcohol and drugs. Um, and I just realized that if I keep doing this, it's only ever going to get worse. Like, there's no way I can get myself out of this at this point. It's just unmanageable. Right. Um, so you just hit that switch where you realized that, you know, you you had fundamentally lost that yeah, control. That definitely. It was, yeah. Yeah. That's the amazing thing, isn't it? How the control just uh, completely takes over. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. So uh, look, you, you, you came to that realization. Um Tell us about how you actually made it to your first AA meeting. Yeah, um, I'm pretty close with my parents, so they've been helping me out quite a bit. Um, so I, I actually admitted to them first that I was an alcoholic, and they suggested that I go to an AA. My dad actually came with me in my first AA meeting. It's awesome. Um, and that's how I ended up getting in the rooms. Okay, great. And uh, what did it feel like? I mean, uh, you, you know, you, what's running through your mind? You know, you're a young man, you're walking into this uh, unknown quantity. What was it, sort it, like? of, it sort of felt like what you see in like TV shows or movies. <laughs> you see like the steps on the wall and there's like all these like God stuff, mm. which um, was quite different for me. I'm not really a religious person. So I think a lot of people, when you hear them talk about just how different it is and how scared they can be over the top of God or anything like that but it was it was quite daunting going in there all these faces you've never seen before talking about drinking you're like oh god yeah absolutely and look we can talk about the god thing uh, uh shortly uh, but i'm also curious when you did get in there uh like I say it is pretty overwhelming but what were the people like they were very nice i had so many people i think especially for a first time everyone always makes you feel very welcome mm. um and i'm a very shy person so i, I hate talking to people that i don't really know yeah, and I had all these people coming to me and they were just super, super nice and just wanted to see how I was going and making sure I would come back and talk about my story and um, strength, hope and experience and all that. Fantastic. So um, look, a few months in now and um, have you been uh, going through what we call the steps? Yes. Yeah. I've been going through uh, the 12 steps. I'm on step nine at the moment. Uh, we've sort of been blazing through them with my sponsor. Fantastic. Which is very cool. Yep. And of course, the steps are, you know, obviously a program of recovery that we work and uh, it's what obviously helps uh, keep us sober, but also um, keeps growing us kind of uh, emotionally and spiritually and things Mm. as well. So, yeah, yeah, great to hear that you're making great progress with that. So um, just tell me, you know, what are you doing on a daily basis now just to to maintain your sobriety? Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I've got a few readings I do in the morning. 
uh, the Daily Reflection, and then I have this. It's kind of crazy. Uh, my sponsor got me onto this guy from America who does a lot of. He'll send out uh, readings through email, and it's kind of cool just to see other people that are in AA from all across the world. But mainly, it's a lot of readings. Um, get up. I have quite the routine, which I think is quite important for me. Because mm-hmm. um, when I was drinking, I had absolutely no routine at all. It was yep. just whatever. Uh, so make sure I get up. Always make sure I'm fed breakfast. Um, make my bed. Make sure my room's clean. Pull curtains. All that sort of stuff. Fantastic. Just really the little things that you sort of bake into your routine. Yeah. And how about meetings? Do you do, do you attend regular meetings? Yeah, I go to three meetings a week. Um, pretty much Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm going to a meeting, and then sometimes I even do a Zoom one on Saturday. It really depends, but I think that's probably the most important because when I actually first came into AA, I ended up going to, I think, two meetings, and I cut that down to one, and then I relapsed. Right. And I did it again, and I was like, no, we got to do this properly. Yeah. So I'd say say three is probably the sweet spot for me anyway. Yeah, go you. Awesome. Um, and, and look, obviously, with you going through the steps to do that, uh, um, uh, generally people uh, work with a sponsor. Mm. So um, tell us, what's your understanding of sponsorship? Yeah, I was very reluctant to get a sponsor. Um, I had this one guy that was, goes to one of my meetings who came up to me and he's sort of like, if you want to do this and do this right, you know, come talk to me and we can, mm. I can help you out. And it wasn't really like an official thing at start. It was just me going over to his house and going through the big book. Um, but I think sponsorship is probably the key part or one of the key parts of, of AA. I think just having that, someone that has more experience and can sort of guide you through what they went through. And I feel like it sort of goes through generations because, you know, they had a sponsor, they had a sponsor. And um, I think it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, Absolutely. Having that sort of mentorship, you know, yeah. someone that, you know, a steadying hand and, uh, yeah, that's fantastic to hear. Hey, um, okay, so look, look, we've talked about that sponsorship side of things. Another part that people talk about is service. I mean, again, uh, um, you know, you, you're uh, still uh, um, uh, near the beginning of your journey, but mm. uh, are you doing any service? or? Uh, I actually just got asked to do servership, uh, servership um, for literature, which fantastic. I was told is a pretty good one to get into at the start. Um, Great stuff. But yeah, still kind of early, so yeah. haven't been asked for too much, but obviously we're doing this. And yeah, <laughs> 100% you are doing service right now. And of course, uh, service can be anything from, you know, like you said, can be uh, uh, looking after the literature for a meeting. It can be mm. being secretary and opening. It can be washing the dishes uh, yeah. all the way through to actually working at more of a, a kind of an intergroup national or, inter- or mm. international level. Um of course, the great thing about service is, you know, again, it really does help keep you sober, doesn't it? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's great to hear. Uh, and so, you know, another part, I'd like to come back to what you talked about before, which is the first time you ever came to a meeting and you mm-hmm. saw a lot of sort of signage and things like that, and the word God was quite prevalent. Mm. What was that like for you? So for me growing up, I was never religious at all. Like the only thing we had was our, like Bible in schools. Mm. And that was just kind of like cool stories. So when I first got there, I was very scared of the word God. Mm. I didn't really like it. And I didn't really didn't really understand what they meant in the AA context of God. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't really a thing for me, I thought. Yeah. Which I think turn, could turn a lot of people away when it's not really like what I thought it was. 
Yes, so true. And I think that's the thing is uh, God can be good orderly direction at Stanford Group of Drunks. It can be whatever mm, you want it to definitely. be. But key is uh, it's a spiritual program, not a religious program. Um, and uh, you can choose to believe in whatever you want to believe in as long as, you know, uh, it's a power greater than you. Yeah. And so uh, once you started to understand that side of it, how did that change your perception about things? Um, well, first I was told my sponsor that, yeah, my high power could pretty much be anything. It could be the moon and the sky or all the tides, just mm. whatever's greater than yourself. Um, so once I sort of started thinking of that a bit more and going through the big book as well, they talk about it quite a lot about, yeah, it being a spiritual program. Um, it sort of started to make more sense when you'd see all the writings on the wall. You could, I don't know, it just, I had some context for it. And when I thought of God, I didn't think of one big guy who created the world and all that. Yeah. You know, to me, it was something of myself, but it was something that was greater than me. And yep. it sort of, and it takes you out of yourself a lot, mm. takes you out of your head a lot. Yep. You can think of things, um, I guess, in sort of like in third person or with greater context. It's not just all about all about you. Which yeah. I feel like for a lot of alcoholics, when they're going through it, it's they're all trapped in their head. So true. Uh, and so um, how have things changed for you? I mean, like personally, I've watched you since you've come in mm. and, uh, you know, look, you're looking great Thank and you. Um, <laughs> have noticed the changes. But what are you feeling about yourself? Uh, a lot has changed. I've got such a good routine now. Um, I'm way more confident just in sort of just everyday life. My sponsor always said that, um, you know, the programs are great in the meeting, but it's all about taking it out and putting it to actual life. Mm. Um, so that's sort of been the most important thing for me. But there's a lot of things are happening. When I was in drinking, pretty much nothing was happening for me. It was just me in my room, self-pity, self-following. Poor me, poor me, poor me, another drink. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so now, yeah, there's more confidence. Um, I have a clearer path of what's, it, what's ahead for me. And I'm not also, you know, stuck in the past or thinking, oh, no, what's going to happen, which um, was happened to me quite a bit I just I was never in the moment never in the present so um I think it's a a great thing for me now fantastic hey and Hamish what about you know friends and family noticing any changes there family definitely yes uh has been a bit rocky even there definitely been some bad steps I got kicked out at one point Mm. a couple years ago um and it was pretty hard to get trust with your family when you're lying and covering stuff up all the time and it's just exhausting. So now I've got such a great relationship with my family. Um, they actually trust me now. Friends as well. You know, I did some silly things to my friends for alcohol and drugs. And now they actually, you know, they still, we still hang out all the time, which is awesome. And I got some really, some really good mates. So, so um, if you had to sort of sum up how you're feeling about your life or yourself today compared to when you were still drinking, how would you describe that? Hmm, great question. Um, it's clearer or more motivated. I actually know what motivation is. I feel like when I was drinking, I had no motivation for anything. I could hardly mm. get out of bed, so I've actually got, yeah, just a, a clear path ahead of me. I think more clearly, you know, not as not as delusional like when you're on the drugs or drinking. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and Hamish, if somebody's listening right now and they either think they might have a drinking problem or maybe they even, if they really reach down on themselves, they already know that, what advice would you give them? Mm, in my experience, it's always always talk to someone. I was very bad at not talking to anyone. 
and my problem always just got worse and worse and mm. never, ever got better. I could never sort out of myself and probably go to a meeting. Honestly, that's that's what I would do. It may seem scary, but I mean, there's some great people there and I feel like for me especially, I already had sort of admitted I was an alcoholic, but it really solidified it when I got there and mm. I heard people saying stories and I was like, that's me. Like, that's exact something that I did. Mm. Like, that would probably be my advice was yeah, reach out to someone and go to an AA meeting. Great stuff and great advice it is. Well, uh, Hamish, it's been an absolute pleasure to um, have you here today. Thanks so much for coming in and sharing your yeah, story. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> okay, for our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at uh, www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there is one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show is every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download and subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that is your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with the serenity prayer, as we do with every AA meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9. 